Hello and welcome to a three-inning save podcast, episode number 2403. Well, I don't know if I, I have said the code before. Uh, it's always the year and then the number uh, yeah. the, the number that we've done that year, so it's the third episode of this year. We've got like a nice smattering of news to talk about. It's exciting. Yeah, it was Arb Week. There was a trade. Things... We always we payroll's sort of been in the background for a while, like where we sort of talk about how they are against competitive balance tax. Now we got a little more clarity because they kind of have a roster signed pretty much yeah. for the most part. And we'll talk about yeah. where that you know a change or two could happen, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it does feel really set. We're definitely in the looking forward to spring training firmly uh, territory now. We're gonna catch you all up on the news. I think we'll have questions from Craig. They'll be uh, live re- receiving, if so, and I think they'll be there. So we have all of that and more after this. Only one episode this week. We don't have yeah, last week was, breaking uh, news, I, hopefully. <laughs> we'll we, see. We've got an we, hour. We were going to just have one episode last week, and then, like, I think, what, minutes before we recorded, the Dodgers, the news broke that the Dodgers were going to sign uh, Teoscar Hernandez. So we're like, oh, let's let's do a, a quickie podcast on that, and then so that took precedence, and then we sort of scrambling. We talked a lot about pitching on that episode, which is very funny. But it's, you know, as within the as we'll kind of finalize today, this starting to look like a roster, and that kind of got to the the pitching side of things. So sure. Um, so in the in the week since um, the Teoscar Hernandez deal did become official, uh, that they finalized that on Friday. Um, so it's one year, twenty-three and a half million, fifteen million. This in twenty twenty-four, uh, eight and a half is deferred, and I love it. it's eight eight hundred and fifty thousand a year every July first from two thousand thirty to two thousand thirty-nine. That lowers the competitive balance tax number to like twenty point four three million, roughly. Um, if you want to get into the weeds on this, I know. So the the way the CBA is written, you you go to the it's the the, the way they discount it is using the uh, IRS midterm federal midterm rate for like I for, section like 1274 something so you know you pull that up and it's it literally says 4.43 percent so here's here's my dilemma where I haven't seen so I using the Otani contract you know just like in Google Google sheets in this case not Excel because I don't I don't have Excel but um, you know backing into the um, net present value of the Otani deal. I tried to figure out the percentage to get what was the reported amount of what, how his <laughs> thing is. So, and it was like, it's like 4.43111, something, something, something. <laughs> and, and that doesn't say that on the IRS like worksheet from October. That's what it called for. And so I, and so I backed into it that way and then got to a number that I put in my posts for the Tiago Hernandez deal. I have not seen. Like usually, Ronald Blum at AP like reports that it's pretty good, or Cots contracts might have it. I haven't seen any numbers on Hernandez yet, but just to say, my number is like maybe I forget. It's it's like it's something small. It's like like five grand or something, or you know something off from like I think John Becker at Fangraphs had one way because I think he's just using four point four three. I use the uh, the 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 longer number. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it, ultimately, it doesn't matter because it doesn't like it. That's not that's not what's pushing the Dodgers over a certain edge or whatever. But like, it's just funny to like sort of look at it that way. Anyway, that was that was a lot of talk in the weeds. So I apologize for that. <laughs> um, however, yeah. however you slice it, though, the Dodgers are essentially at um, basically right at three hundred million right now. That's with all the other sort of roster filler stuff estimated. The um, there's player benefits. There's minor league uh, players on the 40-man roster who counts. There's the pre-arb pool, all that kind of stuff. It, it, they're at roughly 300 million. So the, the, the fourth threshold, the, the Cohen tax, as it were, that was just added in the new CBA used to only go three. Now it's four, which is $60 million more than the first threshold. It's, it's in um, 20 million increments. So 297 million. If you go over that, everything over that is 110 percent tax. So you're paying more than double any pretty much any additions the Dodgers make from here on out in 2024 for the most part, because they they could technically like trade someone away. Although right. you know it would be there's also like 
inevitable ads. Like players get hurt, you have to fill those roster spots with something. That those little things like add up. Plus, they're going to do trade deadline stuff. But essentially, anything they add at this point, they're paying a little more than double the actual salary. So that, that's something to think of. Um, but we have a much clearer picture of that, uh, of the total picture, because um, 10 players uh, on the Dodgers were eligible for salary arbitration. Um, the exchange date was Thursday. Uh, the CBA originally called for it to be Friday. And then I believe the day before, on Wednesday, uh, Alden Gonzalez of ESPN said, oh, by the way, the union and the league were like, hey, can we move the uh, exchange date up this year or something? I don't know why, but they did to Thursday. And then so instead of like um, all the deals sort of coming in Friday, because that's it, it works as a deadline of sorts for teams and players to sort of get together and make deals, it, it ended up being Thursday. So across the sport, um, 171 uh, players, are uh, eligible players, reached deals. Um, 22 players exchanged figures with their teams so that they could go to a hearing where a three-person panel decides between one or the other salary that was submitted. Um, although, you know, it's not like, um, I don't know, it's not, even though they exchanged salaries uh, or exchanged figures, yeah, exchanged salaries, you're still allowed to negotiate. But teams employ like a file and trial strategy where they do it so like the teams, at least in interviews that I've seen, um, to to discourage like agents specifically from like sort of gaming the system and just keep asking for more or whatever. They, they want the agent or basically the agent to be serious instead of, you know, trying to figure it out. So like if you don't if we don't reach agreement by this date, just know we're going to go to a trial or a hearing or whatever. So they kind of do it that way. I think it's kind of stubborn. Like they will um, negotiate the teams. Like it's not again, it's not hard and fast. But teams generally, in that case, will negotiate for like a longer deal. Um, like the Dodgers, for instance, uh, in, in previous years, they've signed a few um, salary exchange folks to multi-year deals, like Max Muncie, Austin Barnes, Walker Bueller in his first Arb year. So stuff like that. Um, but. Uh, the the pettiest one <laughs> that I saw from the MLB wide, Casey Mize, former number one overall pick of the Tigers. Uh, he has not pitched since 2022 because he underwent Tommy John surgery. He's only started two games in the last two years combined. Um, so uh, he asked for 840000 uh, which is like uh, just not too far over the minimum salary this year, 740000 He was first time eligible. Are eligible, and then the Tigers did eight fifteen, so twenty five thousand. Like, look, I would gladly take twenty five thousand right now, but in terms of like a baseball salary, it's, like it's a pretty small number. Like, um, it seems odd that they would go to a hearing over that, and very stubborn if they do. But like that, that's what we're sort of dealing with here. Most of the other um, differences were a little more reasonable, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of that, but. To get back to the Dodgers here, the Dodgers will have no hearings because they they reached agreement with all ten players. Um, that seemed to happen really fast to me. Like I, I felt like, and, and like maybe it just was like I my head was in the clouds for a few days. But like when I checked, it was none, and then it was a lot of them. Yeah, but they all they all kind of happen on the day of. So yeah, like, I guess I guess that just kind of surprised me. Um, yeah, I guess it's been a while since they've had ten. It feels like that reached the day of. Been a while. Um. So well, yeah. Just having also having ten is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That might um, be why. Yeah, like it to me. But also, like, so there was, there was also a weird thing. Like Jeff Passan, like after Alden Gonzalez, the day before was like, hey, the deadline's Thursday now instead of Passan was like, okay, but the exchange like deadline is like ten a.m. or to come to an agreement. The debt quote unquote deadline to come to an agreement is ten is one p.m. Eastern time. And then it's 8 p.m. For, to exchange salaries. But, like, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, you can come <laughs> to an agreement any time, right? Like, so, you, you, like, you, if you didn't come to an agreement by, like, a certain time, you exchange salaries at 8. But you could still negotiate in those other, you know, like, whatever. Like, just it was a weird clarification. But, um, so, Will Smith got the highest amount among Dodgers. 
8.55 million. I was a little surprised at this. I saw it reported it was it's a a record for a catcher in his second time through arbitration, which is you know a very <laughs> qualified record. But like if you look at it, um, a lot of the catchers in recent years. So you have um, like Buster Posey, Salvador Perez. I think there's someone I'm forgetting. Real Muto. Uh, no, so I, so those guys signed longer term contracts. Got it. Real Muto, uh, Yasmani Grandal to some extent, although he was ne- he didn't have the strong of a start. But like Real Muto was like a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of when he finally broke out, he was deeper into his career than like Will Smith is. So like Will Smith is ahead of that. So yeah, uh, last year in the same they're in the same sort of service time group. Sean Murphy was first-time eligible last year, just like Will Smith. He ended up signing an extension with the Braves, a six-year extension because the Braves signed everyone long-term. <laughs> and um, so uh, uh, Murphy, again, it's not one-to-one because there's different factors in play. But over those first two years, Murphy will make will have made $13 million, whereas like Smith is at, I believe, 13.8, uh, just going year-to-year. So it gives you some idea of like, you know that's part of the deal, though. You're you're um, giving up a little bit um, uh, on the on the high end, but like ex- in exchange for security, all that kind of stuff. So that's sort of where you're at. Walker Bueller, uh, I think we've talked about this multiple times before. He didn't pitch last year. He ends up getting the same salary, eight point oh two five million that he got last year, which was like I think before uh, last before twenty twenty three. I said, like, the Dodgers should just sign him to a two-year contract because he's basically going to get the same number each year because he's going to have the same career stats or very similar career. Like, there's nothing much is going to change. And, like, but I get why they I, – I, I really don't get why they didn't, to be honest. Like, you're – it's not like they, they were going to dump him, like, you know, just generally. So, like, I don't – but they, they avoided a hearing, so it's not like any harm was done. But the last time the Dodgers actually had um, an arbitration hearing – uh, was in 2020. Um, they they last that year they they won the case against Jock Peterson. They lost to Pedro Baez. Uh, no truth to the rumor that Pedro Baez's uh, hearing went longer than anyone else's. But uh, <laughs> so those are the only two arb hearings the Dodgers have had in the last 17 years. Uh, before 2020, the last was Joe Bimel, uh famously in tw- 2007. Uh, after he uh, got into a bar fight during the playoffs in New York, uh, hurt his hand. Uh, yeah, so good times. But so those arb deals like provided like more clarity on the payroll, and um, they got a little more clarity on the the forty man roster um, thanks to a certain deal on Thursday. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, after the break. But first, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right, so I have to scroll to it. Uh, so Teoscar Hernandez, as I mentioned, he joined uh, the group of Dodger deferrers. Uh, it's really hard to say that. Uh, he gets 850000 a year from 2030 to 2039. He joins Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman in having salary deferred uh, in a contract with the Dodgers. Uh, Hernandez deferred 36% of his salary. That's more in line with uh, Mookie Betts, who's at 31.5%, and Freddie Freeman, 35.2%. Now, they obviously had larger contracts. Shohei Otani is in a different category because he deferred 97% of his salary, which was already uh, the largest deal in, in history. Um, but my question to you, Jacob, is yes. how how much are the Dodgers scheduled to pay the quartet of Otani, Betts, Freeman, and Teoscar Hernandez in 2039. I feel like they should just pay Bobby Bonilla too, just to yeah. like get, I, the, I think, get some I think cred. His, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure his last payment from the Mets is 2035. So maybe he needs to exactly. He needs to, start, he needs to think of his future and start working working that in. <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, I mean, it's a number, so I can just make something up. That's how money works. After this. How much money are the Dodgers on the hook for for Hernandez, Freeman, Otani, and Betts in 2039? Yeah, so that's the last year of Hernandez. Uh, I want to point out, so uh, Freddie Freeman is paid through 2040. Uh, Shohei Otani is paid through 2043. And Mookie Betts is paid through 2044. Uh, uh, I, I will say, uh, no, I won't say anything yet. Okay. But, but, but besides that. Thirty-one million. 
No, so you have. Uh, I'm, just, oh, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna give you a do over there. So Shohei okay. Otani famously deferring 97 percent of his salary. I I. I I thought it was split up into a longer, more no. It, it's a it's a straight ten years for him. Okay. So like, yeah, I yeah. thought it was twenty. Uh, let me let me adjust that number real quick, friend. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 do a little carry the one. Uh, seventy nine million. Um, seventy nine million is low. Um, okay. but you're you're not super far off. Uh, the actual number is eighty three million okay. eight yep. hundred and fifty thousand. So the actual largest number uh, for the, that group of years is 2040. Even without Teoscar Hernandez, they're at 84 million exactly. But in 2039, it is 68 million for Otani, yep. uh, 10 million for Mookie Betts, and five for Freddie Freeman, and then 850 for Hernandez. Got it. Um, if you look uh, like 2024, uh, for instance, um, the Dodgers are paying. Uh, Otani, Betts, Freeman, and Teoscar Hernandez, fifty-nine million total. Um, yeah, so I probably just got the yeah. I was getting the the year on there. The uh, the deferrals are funny. So like because obviously Otani is the biggest driver here, but basically from twenty thirty four to twenty forty three, the Otani years, the total deferrals for the Dodgers uh, range from. Uh, between seventy nine and eighty four million in each of those years because okay. I'm I'm content Betz with I guess of, then yeah yeah you were you were good uh, but yeah th- there's a lot and once and, I remembered again, th- yeah for some reason I had it as twenty and not a straight ten um, yeah so uh, once I was uh, adjusting for that so mo- most I think in most cases that is the case like for, like for instance Tias Hernandez is a one year deal and he's deferring his part over ten years yeah like Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Uh, so wait, Mookie Betts even, let's see, what what is he, uh, he's signed through, so his is deferred over 12 years, actually, okay, that's also the same amount as his deal, but Freddie Freeman, uh, he had a, he has a six-year deal, and his deferrals go over 13 years, so like, you know, it, it, it changes, it depends, it's whatever you negotiate, basically. But it really, like, I'm still upset that we, four of these contracts, and non, none of them are the Bonilla-esque 30 or whatever 40 years it was. Right. Uh, that would have been But fun. even that was, like, it's just funny, because, like, it, it's 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 sort of out, it's, it's redefined itself in how it's perceived. Like, it is, it is, it, it is almost exclusively used as a punchline now and i don't i just i find no no, i know you're yeah yeah yeah. to me it is and and the circles that i'm thinking of are in the people who don't care about sports know about bobby and to them it's just this that's so weird and fascinating not a lol mets kind of thing but like bruce Souter had a similar deal like with the with the braves like in the 80s that he was paid for like I think at least thirty years or something like that after where and it was like an annuity or something it was is a similar deal but if, I think if you uh, someone years ago essentially because the Mets owed him like I forget if it was like six or eight million and they just turned it into a like an annuity basically and I think the interest rate works out to like eight percent which is you know I think at the time will also it. it it is LOL Mets because at the time, the Wilpons like uh, they they were like heavily involved with like Bertie Madoff investments. So right. like they're like, oh, we can beat eight percent, you know, like <laughs> easily. But so it's but even then, it's like, yeah, I, you get it. Like it's fine. But like it, it it does get misunderstood. Not to say obviously you didn't, but that, that's where I'm at. But um, what wasn't uh, misunderstood was uh, the trade. Well, that's a terrible transition, but. Um, the Dodgers uh, had <laughs> I to. Liked it. Good they job. had to. They had to create space on the forty-man for Teoscar Hernandez. They ended up uh, clearing two spots in a trade with the Cubs on Thursday. Um, they sent Michael Bush and reliever Yancy Almonte to the Cubs. Uh, we'll get to the return in a second. If you remember on last episode, uh, Craig Benami asked us if the Dodgers adding another position player in Hernandez meant. The Dodgers should look to trade Miguel Vargas. We said no, and the same for Bush, but in this in the sense that they were extra players, but it didn't mean like they necessarily had to trade them. Yeah, but they they have their thirteen position players essentially set. But obviously, they those could still be around for depth. 
But we also said like the Dodgers could trade either one depending on the deal, right? Like it, it, it wasn't like, oh, we have to trade this guy now because we don't have a spot for him. I think in Bush's case, more than Vargas, be, because he's like he's two years older, he's, he's 26 now, Vargas is 24. Uh, you could see the scenario where Bush is, is more in that category of, okay, we don't have space for him. We do kind of. We should yeah. probably trade him, like, but uh, you know, in the but they also didn't have to, like, so they they got something out of it. But you know, we we've talked about this ad nauseum. I think there's just no real playing time for Bush with the Dodgers. So you know, uh, Freddie Freeman's at first base, Shohei Otani's DH, uh, Mookie Betts is at second, Max Muncy's at third. So you could see like maybe he gets some time there, but uh, Teoscar Hernandez now in left field, so it's it's tough. So Keith Law at the Athletic, uh, I, he called him called Bush a natural first baseman. Um, that's where he's probably going to play with the Cubs at first. So he gets a chance at real playing time. So you get it there. Almonte was like further down the depth chart. He battled injuries last year. He struggled to start. He was sort of picking it up again. He was really good in 2022, but like also not, not to say it's necessarily bad. He he's he doesn't have options. So like it's it's you're you're sort of at that it you, you kind of want some flexibility in the pen you can't have like a a bullpen full of guys you can't really send down or whatever um, because there's a lot of turnover but like I think he was just further down the depth chart um, so they they cleared the two spots on the forty man one was used for Teoscar Hernandez so now they have an open spot and I think um, you know I, it seems like. I mean, they're, they haven't shown any indications that they're done. I don't think, not that they would give it away or anything. Um, could be a starting pitcher, could be another reliever. Uh, Fabian Ardiat at The Athletic reported uh, last week that the Dodgers were still interested in bringing back Ryan Brazier. It seems like he has a pretty uh, decent market. Um, he was really good after signing with the Dodgers. He got released by the Red Sox in May. So you would, you would figure they're going to add, you know, something. Who else? Um, the Dodgers did get two uh, minor leaguers from the Cubs. Uh, one was Jackson Ferris, a left-handed pitcher, which made for a great day of uh, jokes <laughs> online. Because, well, also I thought it was it was fun because not only so okay, Ferris is joining a team with Bueller, although they're probably not going to be teammates, like because he's he's really young. Um, Ferris is, but like on they did they did agree to contract on, on in 2024 for Bueller on the same day of the trade, so. They did a transaction um, on Thursday for both Ferris and Bueller, so I think they're more connected than people think. <laughs> uh, but he was a second-round pick in 2022. He signed for an overslot deal, like $3 million, uh, as a signing bonus. That's like upper first-round money, not quite the top of the round, but like uh, basically higher than the Dodgers usually draft. Um, he turns 20 uh, the day this episode comes out. Um he had a 3.38 ERA in his first year as a pro, 56 innings, 77 strikeouts, 33 walks. Pretty prototypical for a very young player uh, with, with a lot of good stuff. Uh, Jarrett Seidler at Baseball Perspectives, he compared Ferris's mannerisms and style on the mound to Rich Hill. Uh, he had a, like <laughs> well, a video just sort of showing. Dodgers yeah. already won the trade. Here we right, go. Right, exa- exactly. Like, yeah, you're, you, you, you wonder. I hope he brings everything that Rich Hill brings because there's, there's a lot going on there. It's fun. Uh, the other uh, player was an outfielder, Zaheer Hope, who's even younger than um, Ferris. He was an 11th round pick last year. He turns 19 this coming week. They have similar birthdays, uh, although a year apart. Um, he only played 11 games in the Arizona Complex League, league in his pro debut last year. So, uh, Craig Goldstein at Baseball Prospectus, he sort of analyzed the trade. They did it for he did it for both sides, but this is from the Dodgers' standpoint. Quote. Uh, it can be a bit of an appeal to authority on stuff like this, but the Dodgers' track record on producing gains for guys with the raw talents of Ferris and Hope make this less of a giveaway than it might seem at the surface. So um, I want to add to this, too, like we mentioned, um, the not necessarily that the Dodgers had to trade Bush, but it was pretty clear that like he was being shopped. And Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic on Sunday he reported that the Dodgers had included uh, Bush in some of their offers to the White Sox for Dylan Cease. Uh, but also, uh, the, this is an interesting note. Um, uh, this is from Rosenthal. Uh, quote, 
The Dodgers' interest in Cease was stronger before they signed Japanese right-hander Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, they continued talking to the White Sox afterward, but their trade with the Cubs indicated they were looking for future value. They discussed flipping Cease an, to another club, quote, uh, and then pause. the Orioles were one possibility, and acquiring prospects that way. Now, that would have been an even more interesting deal, like had they sent Bush in in some sort of package for Dylan Cease and then flip Cease to get other pro- – like that, that's no, it's, a It's kind of trade. interesting because a right. lot – like Cease has kind of three things going for him as a, a, a trade chip. One, uh, obviously not great last year, but good track record. Yeah. Two years of control years ago. instead yeah, right. of one and then cheap. cheap uh, you know. che- cheaper than what pitchers are getting on the free agent market this year. Like, yeah. You're basically oh, yeah. getting – a. You're going to probably get him for two years at the price people are signing for one year now. Like and for basically. the and for the Dodgers, for what now that they have Yamamoto and Glass now extended uh, um, for a long term, really they uh, arguably you can never have enough pitching. So I'm couching right. this statement in that, but they have Bueller, uh, Bueller, excuse me, um, Gonsolin and May coming back ready to go for next mm-hmm. year. And so Otani's it's not pitching next year. It's yeah. not that they don't couldn't use Cease. It's just like the other teams may be valuing that more. Sure. And for what you know, who knows what their internal evaluations are of their ten year plan? You know, five years from now, maybe maybe that's a little great. Four years from now, being major league ready, you know, and maybe they're like, eh, it's a little low. We want you know to fill fill the coffers there. Well, you figure too, like Bobby Miller is in, right? He's in the yep. rotation, and. You, you figure they're betting on, I would say, at least one of the group of, like, Sheehan, Stone, Knack, Frasso. Hurt. Uh, Hurt, yeah. That group of guys, they're going to get at least one other. Straight. Yeah. So, like, and that, this is this is where they're, they'll sort that out, right? Like, but, but also, like, I think, too, that argument is why, like, I, I you know, we've I, I sort of before the season was thinking or before yeah before the off season, I kind of liked Jordan Montgomery, but I sort of viewed him as like uh, the cheaper option to like Blake Snell or something. But it seems like given how the market's going, like he's not going to be like cheap, and, and so <laughs> and so like Cease would would fit the. It, it, I don't think it would it would necessarily lock them into anything. You know what I mean? It's two years, but like but like like a Snell would. Uh, Montgomery would like that really like defines it. So I could see why they're staying away from those types, but it, it is, you're right. It is, it is very interesting, but the, the mention that Rosenthal, he used the term future value. That sort of sh- like d- has defined a good portion of the Dodgers, like off season. They essentially like started the, the off season. Like once they added uh Frasso and Knack and Hunter Bruce the catcher, to the 40-man in November. They, they had 38 players at that point on the 40-man. So not quite full, but almost full. And it got full shortly after. They've added a lot of players, you know, this offseason. And so they've had to clear spots. Like, you know, they each come with, like, corresponding moves. So they moved uh, Victor Gonzalez and Yorbit Vivas to the Yankees um, for uh, shortstop Trey Sweeney. Yeah, he turns 24 in April. He's basically the the AAA shortstop at this point, not on the forty man, and it gives them like longer term shortstop depth. So they're thinking about that. That that made room for uh, on the forty man for Shohei Otani and Joe Kelly, uh, Brian Hudson. Uh, his he was designated for assignment when Yamamoto's deal became official, and then he was traded. Now that that was an interesting deal because Hudson is like uh, was twenty six. I don't know if he's turned twenty seven yet. Um. But, like, he had not made the majors before. He had really good numbers in AAA last year, but not a real big track record to speak of. Like, real high strikeout rate in AAA, very good, t- real tall lefty. They ended up getting, like, a, a you know, pretty good prospect for him, I guess. Uh, left-handed pitcher Justin Chambers, plus a player to be named later or cash. And that was after they designated him for assignment. So, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of <laughs> – leverage is the wrong word, but, like, it's, it's easier to trade someone before before you designate them for assignment than after in terms of leverage. Uh, but Chambers was drafted in the 20th round at a high school last year, but he got like fourth round money. Uh, he was also recovering from Tommy John in his senior year of high school. He just turned 18 in August. So these are like all in a sense like lottery tickets, right? 
but there, there's five new minor leaguers. They're all like intriguing in their own way. They are all for like essentially the the extra guys on the forty man roster. You know, the like the the the. I don't want to say it, it's it's it seems it's harsh to say the bottom end of the forty man roster, but they kind of were right. They're on the fringes of the roster. Um, Bush obviously has the chance to like hurt the most, I guess, in terms of losing what he might do. But he also was not going to play like like here. So like you get that, but also that's in a way like that's what trades are supposed to do like uh, I don't I've never been a fan of like the oh you know so and so won this trade so and so lost it they might they might have but teams uh, a lot of times are in, have different needs at different times right uh this years ago um I don't was it baseball prospectus that you know they're like the like the success cycle or whatever depending on where you were on it or whatever mm-hmm. but it, it's not it's not a perfect thing but like at this point, right? The Cubs needed a first baseman. They got someone in Bush who could be there for six years before reaching free agency. He's also not a sure thing. Um, the Dodgers needed room on the forty-man roster, and they didn't lose any of these players for nothing, right? So they got something out of it. So I think they, um, if you the the best example of one of these like this, and this wasn't necessarily like a um, needing roster space, but in um, at the end of 2018, the Dodgers essentially did like a – it was a, a competitive balance tax motivated move. Um, but they traded Alex Wood, Yasiel Puig, Matt Camp, who had returned at that point, we forget, and Kyle Farmer to the Reds for Homer ba- Homer Bailey's salary. I, I, think, I think in 2019, Homer Bailey was the second highest paid Dodger, I believe. <laughs> um, but then they – they also that was mostly to like essentially um, help out the luxury tax. Roughly, they ended up not paying in 2019, but they also got Josiah Gray, Jeter Downs in the deal as prospects. So Downs was used to acquire Mookie Betts. Uh, Gray went to DC, the Nationals, in the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner deal. Like they can't all be that trade, right? <laughs> like, but that's like the platonic ideal of what you sort of want in these. Oh, let's see if we can get something else. Like, it's just all about, like, trying to extend the window, trying to kick the can, trying to always add, like, value at some standpoint. And that's just kind of what they're doing. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, Another sort of um, player who was uh, in the middle of the season, like, on the wrong end of, uh, you know, being sort of at the end of the 40-man roster – uh, the Dodgers designated Andre Jackson for assignment. Ended up uh, he ended up with uh, during the middle of the season, finished out the year with Pittsburgh. Um, he's the honorary patron saint of the Three Inning Save podcast. Um, he signed a deal uh, this last week with the uh, Yokohama. Is it so? It's Dina Bay Stars, or is it D N? It's it's capital D, lowercase e, <laughs> capital N, capital A Bay Stars in Japan. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to be over there. Um, the, the pirates designated him for assignment when they re-signed Andrew McCutcheon. So yeah, it just, you know, things come full circle that way. I don't know. Well, we're going to take the rare second break <clears throat> of our episode. And, uh, I at least have one question from Greg for you. Uh, uh, I exclusively get the answers for the trivia question that came through. Uh, so we'll be back with that after this. Welcome back. We uh, still are incomplete in our email, but you know what? We've got enough to get going because it's time for With Dean's Greg. We love them. All right. In theory, we'll have five questions, but I have one. Well, you know, I have four questions for you. They all take parts in the first one, which is a little confusing. I have one A through one D. Let's put it that way. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. The Dodgers officially announced the acquisition of Teoscar Hernandez last week. Hernandez is the latest Dodger to be from the Dominican Republic. So this week's trivia is about oh, L.A. No. Dodger players, L.A. Dodger players from that country. Mm-hmm. Three L.A. Dodgers from the Dominican Republic have hit over 100 home runs in their years uh, in L.A. Oh, wait, wait, where did I get 100? Have hit over 100 home runs in their in their years in L.A. <laughs> I was like, they haven't been in L.A. that long. Who are those players, per baseball reference? Uh, oh, I was about to tell you the answers. <laughs> Oops. Um, so, so Pedro Guerrero for sure. 
Uh, correct. 171. Um, oh, man. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Raul Mondesi. Correct. 163. Oh, boy. And then it's... Then I'm in a rough spot here. Um, oh, boy. Um, just trying to think here. He wasn't there that long. Oh. Wow. You know, there's not... I don't know what the exact number is, but there's not a... There's not a ton of Dodgers who've hit 100 home runs for, for mm-hmm. the Dodgers, even counting Brooklyn. So, like, I, I'm having a hard time even even sort of figuring out people on that that list. And it is a rough one. Um, uh, I, I think I'm going to have to tap out. I'll give you a hint. Okay. I, I have one that'll give it away, but I'll have another. This player hit. Let me do the math real quick. Like, nag, yeah, like over twenty five percent of his home runs in his last season. Oh, Adrian Beltre. There you yeah, go. All, yeah, yeah. See, um, just for fun, the next three from the minute of a couple of in terms of home runs hit are uh, 44, 44, 43. Do you want to guess, or you want me to just tell you? Um, wait, so one of those is probably Hanley. Hanley hit 43. Um, uh, one of them's Manny. One of the, uh, one of them's Manny at 44. And I don't know the other one. Raphael for call. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who is the latest player from the Dominican Republic, Re- blah, latest player from the Dominican Republic to hit a home run in LA Dodger blue? The latest one to do it? Yep. Oh no! Um, oh, okay. Hmm. This is sad because I'm gonna I'm gonna forget someone obvious. Um, uh, Juan Uribe. Oh, way more recent than that. In fact, I will tell. Uh, they are looking now. Uh, he gives me the three most recent, and it's uh, one last year, one the year before, one the year before. One last year. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, wait a minute. Oh, um, Ahmed Rosario? Yep. Okay. And that's it was oh. <laughs> Hanser Albaldra. Oh, do you want to take the. It was Hanser. Okay, I, okay. Do I, you want I the 2021 guess? I forgot if Hanser, Albaldra, Hanser, Hanser Alberto hit one. And wait, 2021. Um, oh, boy. Um, no, I don't know it. Albert Pujols. Oh, Italy. see, it, my my head was thinking one home run. Yeah. <laughs> like, he hit a home run. Got it. Yeah. Five pitchers born in the Dominican Republic recorded at least one save for the Dodgers since 2015. Can uh, Eric name the most recent two? Um... Oh, man. I forgot... Okay, so Pedro Baez did eventually get one, so I think one of them's him, but it's probably there's probably someone after him to be allowed for him. I'm just gonna say Baez. Baez is one. You need the next one. The other one's after. Yep. Okay. Um, wait. Oh no. I will give you. Wait. What was it? Wander Swero? It was not. Um, I'm going to give okay. you the year, and I will still buy you a beer the next time in L.A. if you get it. Uh, the year right. is uh, 2018. 2018. Um, this is difficult. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't Yemi Garcia, was it? It wasn't. You know what? I'm going to give you one more on on theme for us theme. It was a three inning save. 
Oh, now I'm, now I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, who had... Okay, so 2018. Um, those guys... Those, um, I'm... Why can't I think of that stupid pitching staff? Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm blanking. I don't know it. Daniel Corsino. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> God, that's perfect. What a perfect Ooh. answer. <laughs> Ramon Martinez has the most wins for a Dominican Republic born pitcher in a LA Dodger uniform. Can Eric name two of the next three on the list? <sighs> Judging by previous answers, no. Um, <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm just having a hard time um, thinking of like the the starters. Um, <laughs> Daniel Corsino, no. Um, man, I don't know why I can't think of like other. Just to let you know, the next on are the, there the safe list were are uh, there are relievers. Uh, not uh, um, there are on this top list. Let me double check on. Wait uh, on on the wins list. Where we, this is what I'm doing now. Wins, right? Uh, Double checking for, something. For I need Martinez. to. I need to double check to see. Got uh, it. Uh, it is just starters uh, that you need to name. Pa- after a certain point, it does start adding in relievers. But, but okay. So the 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 two after Ramon Martinez are are starters. Um, you need to name the three after Ramon Martinez. <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, hold on. Uh, y- Okay, so one of these is gonna get is uh, is weird. Uh, is is a starter and reliever. Sorry, that's why that's why I had to check. <laughs> Mostly a reliever, though. So there is a reliever that was a starter for a bit. This is shameful that I can't um, that I can't remember this, and my mind is like. Is just not helping me at all. Um, I'm trying to think of some who could have been there. No. Um, yeah, I I can't think of it. I'm just I'm gonna bow out. I, I'm Pedro Estacio. How did I forget Estacio? Odalis Perez. Of course. Yeah. And the the one that was both, Alejandro Pena. He led the league in ERA once, but it was mostly <laughs> known for in the bullpen. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's, I just, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Picked up, uh, what, 20, it looks like 25 wins as a starter. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't know if you saw, but we have the rest of the questions. We dun, don't have dun, to do dun. any stalling. When was the last time either you bought a vinyl, LP, a Blu-ray DVD, or portable media player that isn't a phone? Uh, I bought a bunch of CDs to rip um, and vinyl and a record player from a charity music sale a year ago uh, that ran through the Lawrence Library to benefit them. Um, The CDs, it was... All CDs were... I think it was five or ten dollars the first day but then i think it was ten and then five and then three so i went on the second day and third day and got quite a few because cheaper than buying them online and i try to listen to actual sure. purchased not streamed music when i can yep um, and that same sale is happening this upcoming weekend so it'll be uh i'll be right in when that um, happens yeah. yeah i uh i don't think oh I, I i can tell you i i've never bought a vinyl um um, and unless I'm forgetting something fairly certain, I also don't have, haven't bought a Blu-ray. Uh, I that's have not like true. An, that's uh, not true. You have bought a Blu-ray. I can say with confidence. Oh, the, um, the championship video. Yeah. And you yeah, sent yeah, it to yeah. me. <laughs> okay. So that, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, if, if it's that kind of stuff, like I have like an older DVD player that I occasionally use, but, um, yeah, it's just I'm I'm just out of the game on that stuff. So 
I, there's not really ones that I can remember. Um, I think one of the, I get screeners, um, because, uh, we're, um, through SB nation and box media, we're part of the writer's guild. Um, so we get, we get screeners, uh, for stuff. And I think a couple of the screeners that were sent this year were Blu-ray, but I'm not counting that because I didn't purchase it. So, yep. Should the Dodgers look to add another veteran catcher to compete with Barnes or is now time for one of the prospects to step up this spring? So that's Craig's question. I'm going to add to you, Eric, because I've been thinking about this. We're in that realm with Will Smith now to where, you know, he's got this year and then next year. Mm-hmm. Um, was he super two? Does he have two no, or three he's, more? He's he's a free agent after twenty twenty five. Um, and that's so what he, are he, they? The Dodgers are very deep, arguably. Uh, you know, they have uh, rushing, and if he has a bounce back year at all, Cartaya. Uh, but Will Smith has just been such a fixture on this lineup. Where do you where do you think they are thinking of catching over the next two to three seasons? What what I'm hearing here is Uh-oh. you're thinking they should extend Austin Barnes. <laughs> 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 no, uh, yeah. I mean, they were certainly like um, Austin Barnes was so bad in the first like four months of the season that they were definitely like exploring. They ended up like signing um, Tucker Barnhart to like a minor league deal as probably like a. Well, maybe so let's see what's going on. And uh, but you know, Barnes picked it up in the last two months. But so I'm not going to say it's not possible. I I still think it's unlikely they they sort of move on from him. He'd have to be really bad, but he was also really bad in the first four months <laughs> last year. So, um, from that aspect, like, and like, do they? At the, do you? I'm hesitant to think they would. They dump him and go, Hunter Verdusha's our backup, right? Like, I, th- it would probably be, like, maybe for, like, a week or whatever. But, like, I think they would probably look to add from the outside for, like, this year, right? Like, a trade deadline type of a thing if they were going to upgrade that for this year and still have Verdusha as the third catcher or whatever. Um, in terms of Smith, like, I don't know. They just haven't been... They haven't shown, like, any willingness. They're just, like, pretty confident to go year to year with most of the ARB guys and just deal with it when it deals with it. Now, they did sign, um, well, like, Max Muncy, he was older, um, and they, before his first ARB year, they signed him to a three-year deal covering all three ARB years, and then the, the season of that third ARB year, they sign him to um, an extension. And then this last year, when he had an option coming up, or actually right after the season, uh, instead of accepting or declining the option, they sign him to another contract. So, like, you could see something like that. Um, Austin Barnes was similar um, in in, in a way in in his um, thing where – they signed, but he, he these he's also these are like lower end deals. So and that's I, I that's mean, the kind of getting at is that you know who knows how money conscious they'll be. You know, I, I think what will be interesting is is there a year where they do try to reset um, the penalty thresholds, and if so, which year and what does that kind of look like with the commitments it, they already have? Through it's it's not. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but essentially through like 2027, they're they're pretty set in terms of going to pay tax. Right. Um, um, but then you, you even look at 2028 and are you like you, you when it comes to they generally gone year to year, but there have been certain names that have felt more willing to resign. And then, but a lot, you know, I, I, th- I think well, this is going to be another question for Walker Bueller. Um, because I remember two or three years ago the idea that they wouldn't have re-signed one of at least Bueller, Seeger, and Bellinger would just be like a, that. No way that can happen. They're you know one of them they have to extend um, or bring back as a free agent, and you know that may not end up being the case. So maybe they just let Will Smith walk. It just feels odd to me. I don't know. I don't know why that is because I I probably thought the same. <coughs> excuse me. Thought the same thing about. Uh, Russell Martin and that happened 
So yeah, he had the weird hip thing though. He he yeah. actually left before free agency because they non-tendered him, um, right? Because he had the that like degenerative hip injury, but then he ended up being okay. Um, it's it's a weird thing because like, well, also Smith's in a different a different deal because he's at like not he's like a top top five for sure catcher in baseball. He's not the top, right? But like he's close enough to it to where you're like oh like you know what what are we thinking there like you know do we what and and you know i think jt romuto got a pretty good deal um with the phillies as a as a free agent they obviously they traded for him and then ended up signing him when he got to free agency um i'm looking that up i want to say it was like five um yeah so he's he's making his deal is like, oh dang it, that's all off. Um, five years, one hundred and fifteen point five, so like twenty three point one a year. That was uh, three years ago. So you would figure numbers going to go up, right? You're, you're you're looking for for Will Smith's like free agent years. It's probably like it's probably twenty five plus, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, and it's just a matter of how much. Like, do you do it? Do you do it now? Like, to where you're? We'll sign you. Well, we we're we're eight and a half million this year. Let's just tear that up. We'll sign you for this year, your other RB year, and then three free agent years or something like that for whatever. And do it that way. I, I could see something because if you wait to free agency, then you kind of have to sign him for five or six years. You know that kind of like it, it's longer. So that that's the advantage of doing it now. Um, but also, in a weird way, it I don't. It's all factored into the cost. You you could, in theory, be saving down the road, um, because your average now because the first two years would be a little lower, but you're also paying a tax on what you're saving now because you're in the highest bracket or whatever. Right. So like, it, 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 I don't know if you're, you're gaining that much other than certainty, just like by keeping him. So like, and that's not, that's not nothing, right. That's, that's the main thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just, they just haven't shown a willingness to do any of that. So like, I doubt it, like, but I think we'll just, we'll just see how it goes. Will the giants or Padres spend more than a hundred million in the remaining time before the season starts. Um, the Padres definitely not. They're yeah. like they're they're they are they're up against it. They're not they're not doing anything like that. Um, it seems like the Giants have been like tied to uh, Matt Chapman or whatever. You figure if they sign one of him or obviously if they sign Blake Snell, that that'll go over n- enough. I don't know what kind of contract Matt Chapman's going to get, but he's probably getting them close enough to a hundred million to where they could do one other signing and get over. So I th- I'm, I think I'm going to say yes for the Giants, but definitely that, definitely that, not on the podcast. That was going to be my answer as well. There you go. Yeah. All right. Very exciting question five. The Coney Dog is a specialty in Michigan. Do you two like a chili dog, and do you add mustard, onions, or anything else to them? Um, spe- speaking of Michigan, good week for them. Uh, the University of Michigan won the uh, college football uh, national title, and then – uh, just before we recorded uh, on Sunday, or as we were recording, the game wrapped up. The Detroit Lions won their first uh, playoff game in 30 years. Um, or 33 years? Good for them. Um, anyway, uh, that's my but way of better for them is they have Coney multiple dog. places to get Coney Dogs. I love a Coney Dog. Uh, I've been to Detroit and ate at... There's kind of like cheesesteaks in philly and that there are two places that claim they invented the coney yeah. i think and they're like next door to each other and i went to one i forget which it was good perfect it was good um i also on that flight out from detroit it was like i don't know six in the morning seven in the morning we went to a, a sort of diner themed place for breakfast but they had conies on the menu and they were would serve them in the morning so i had some breakfast conies they were delicious now and, i forget um, I've never never been to Detroit. I, other than someplace like claiming it's so they have a coney dog, I don't remember ever actually having an actual coney dog. What what makes a coney dog a coney dog? So they're uh, it's weird because you know it's named after Coney Island in New York. Yeah, uh, and I think 
I looked it up once because I was confused. Like, why is Detroit known for this thing named after a New York place? And I think it was just someone came from New York and started selling them like that. But it's a chili cheese dog. Okay. But it, it's not like there's nothing, I mean, necessarily special about the dog. It's not like this has a specific, I mean, specific kind of I would of say maybe the, I think if most chili cheese dogs you have uh, are... Are are in the vein of a coney. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I do think that, like, w- I, th- when I think of a coney, it doesn't need to be that like what I think of a very typical coney chili dog chili. So you know, it's not be- no beans, kind of more of a sauce kind of a thing. Um, and the delicious uh, Sonic, which is you know are everywhere out here in the Midwest, but I know there's only a few in the Southern California. They I'm make, reasonably close to one. Yeah, they make a, I think, a darn good coney, uh, and it's when I when I uh, Sonic is one of the few places oh. open past 10 p.m. here. So if I uh, have a late night snack also, drive, they, it's they a have chili choice. cheese. They have chili cheese tots as well, which mm, is are wonderful. Um, I, I think we've talked about I think chili cheese dogs or just chili dogs in general organically outside of a question from Craig in a very recent episode, I want to say, because this subject came up and uh, I was a late comer to this, but I'll, I won't always put it on, but I, I won't turn down mustard on a chili dog. It's, it's good. So like it's a good Google's combo. telling me, and this would make sense why I confuse it, that a Coney doesn't necessarily have cheese on it, uh, oh. but it does have onions and mustard. And it makes sense because that's how I make my chili dogs. So, to me, conflating the two does make sense that I didn't realize that was unique to Coney's. Yeah. Um, I am okay with onions. I would gen- – I generally, whether it's, a, with, whether it's any hot dog or any sausage, if I'm in a bun or whatever, I would prefer the onions to be grilled if I'm using onions. But I get – I understand the appeal of the raw um, – I think I and here's a weird thing. So, uh, like the the I also just say the most times I have a chili dog is basically Wienerschnitzel because that's the closest mm-hmm. thing. And like mm-hmm. there's other places, but like I generally don't get cheese on them. Although I'm not opposed to it. Um, I think part of it is maybe I, I'm maybe it's the Wienerschnitzel like uh, combo itself or just that texture. Um, I don't. I wouldn't mind if it's like. A bunch of shredded cheese on top or whatever that would be fine um but uh i like the idea of that of the chili and then the the shredded cheese on it that would be good um and then like uh grilled onions would that's probably where i go i would i don't i would probably not put mustard on it but i, w- I wouldn't oppose it like it, it, it's fine but i i think i would i would probably opt to not put mustard on it just generally uh, so I guess what I normally have is a cheese coney. Um, okay. Although that's with shredded cheddar cheese, and for me, I want cheese sauce. Um, oh, so we're the, we're the opposite in that. Uh, but I'll, I'll take shredded cheddar cheese, but I also always add some sort of pickled element, whether that's pickled jalapenos or pe- just a pickle. Yeah. Um, I just add, adding that little bit of acid, uh, just is perfect for yeah. me. I, I'm a I'm a weird I have a weird taste in some things where I don't like I don't like relish, but I I would chop up a pickle in a heartbeat and put it on a on a hot dog like like if I make if I'm um, going fancy and making hot dogs at home I will chop up a pickle I will I'll grill some onions I will I will throw all of that on there um, uh, but yeah. Like uh, God, once again, Craig has made made us hungry, and uh, <laughs> we're going we're going into the the late night on a Sunday. Going, is Wiener Schnitzel open? <laughs> that's where we're. Well, if you're close enough where... to a Sonic, make the drive. Mm, mm. We'll see. I'll think about it. Cap. All right. Well, if if you're uh, close to a Sonic and you're just before. Well, first get your order in at the at the, whether you're in the drive-through or the or the drive-in. They have a great app as well. I'll note. Sure. And, oh yeah. So here's the deal. Like if put your order in on the app so you can listen to us nonstop. <laughs> then you don't have to pause to make your. You could pause when the order comes to your window, or whatever. That's fine. But anyway, thanks for listening. Enjoy your chili dogs. I'm Eric Steven. That's Jacob Birch. Thanks to Craig Manami for questions. 
Thanks to Brian Salvatore for the editing on the ones and twos. We'll be back to you with you next week with another episode of the Three Innings Save Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody.